Welcome back to another edition of the Hops and Spirits Kentucky podcast. We have another fun interview for you this week. And don't forget, coming up in September, we'll be doing Whiskey Weeks, where we focus on uh, what Kentucky might be known best for, and that is bourbon as part of National Bourbon Heritage Month. And before we get to our Q&A this week, our news and notes... As we send our thoughts and prayers out to everyone in eastern Kentucky affected by the flooding, the Kentucky Distillers Association, the Bourbon Crusaders Charitable Organization, and Fred Minnick are joining forces again, this time to support recovery and rebuilding efforts from the catastrophic flooding in eastern Kentucky. The Kentucky Bourbon Benefit will feature an online auction of exclusive private barrel selection experiences, rare and vintage experiences, and unique tasting and tourism offerings from Kentucky's distilling industry and hospitality and charitable partners. Uh, this partnership raised over $3 million uh, back in December during a similar auction to help uh, Western Kentucky residents and communities um, affected there by the tornadoes. The online auction begins Thursday, August 11th at noon Eastern, runs through Sunday, August 21st. Go to kybourbonbenefit.com to view auction items and bid. All proceeds will go directly to the state's official Team Eastern Kentucky Flood Relief Fund to assist those impacted by flooding. Uh, Lux Road Distilleries announced the newest member of the Davis County Bourbon brand family. Davis County Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey finished in lightly toasted American oak barrels. A limited allocation of this will reach retail shelves across the country later this month at an MSRP of $49.99 per bottle, coming in at 96 proof. Uh, the Davis County uh, lightly toasted is the first in a series of annually offered toasted barrel finishes from the Davis County brand family. So look out for those. And for those beer fans out there, uh, lager fans, I should say, uh, fall fanatics, your favorite time of the year is here. That's right. The shelves of your local beer store should be seeing plenty of pumpkin beers, Oktoberfest, and fall-inspired beers hitting the shelves. West Six Braxton and many other breweries throughout the state have announced the return of their seasonal beers, so be on the lookout for those. And up next is our Q&A with Keegan McGee, head brewer at Turtleback Ridge Brewery and Farm in Robertson County. Enjoy. Remember to check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at hopspirits.com. Joining us here for our Q&A on the Hops and Spirits Kentucky podcast, he's the head brewer, and I believe he does pretty much everything else out there as well, and whatever is asked of him. Please welcome in Keegan McGee of Turtleback Ridge in Robertson County, Kentucky. Thanks for having me out today. I'm looking forward to talking to you about what we're doing out here. Well, and, and it seems like you guys are doing some some cool things. And before I get into all of the things that you are doing out there at Turtleback Ridge, tell us a little bit about yourself. And I always like to you know preface this with the Cliff Notes version because I know some people can go on for a while uh, on that question. It's a little bit loaded. Um, but the Cliff Notes version of who you are and, and what you're doing out there. Yeah, so uh, I'm Keegan McGee. I am the head brewer at Turtleback Ridge. Uh, like you mentioned, I, I do a myriad of things out here, uh, but uh, I actually grew up on this farm where the brewery is located. Um, we moved down here when I was three years old. Uh, my parents still live here on the farm. And um, so, yeah, I uh, went away to college, uh, studied philosophy, and took my dad's home brewing equipment. And then uh, after college, came back to the farm and um, we got into several things. And one of them has become the brewery. So, um, yeah. 
<laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, you mentioned it is a working farm out there. You guys are, uh, I, I think when we were scheduling this, you're like, no, that week's not going to work. I get, we're doing, we're harvesting hops. We got this harvest. So, I mean, what's it like being part of a, a working farm with having a brewery there as well? Ah, it's really exciting. It can be exhausting if I'm going to be <laughs> completely honest, but uh, it does lend itself to a lot of potential for uh, kind of exploration and experimentation uh, with the beer. Uh, so yeah, my, the kind of the short story of the farm is my parents were uh, homesteaders out here uh, when I was growing up. My dad uh, planted orchards and, and fruit gardens and vegetable gardens. Uh, the farm is largely a, a wooded farm, so we also tapped into maple trees, and, and we're just kind of trying to produce as much of the food that we were eating as possible. Uh, and then um, from that, the farm kind of evolved when I came back from college, and we started trying to turn some of those more, the smaller scale homesteading of what they were doing into a slightly larger uh, cottage industry that you know we've, I've been trying to to make a living out of and the brewery is just uh, the next step in, in that whole project so and and I was gonna say I mean as you guys expanded what made you decide that a brewery was a, a good idea I mean besides your love of probably home brewing and I think your dad uh, being a craft <laughs> beer lover as well <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, some of it is economics. Uh, beer and alcohol have better margins than produce. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there was somewhat of a market incentive. Uh, it's also uh, here in Robertson County, there are not a lot of public uh, gathering spaces, particularly for adults. I mean, obviously, there are schools and, and the library and things. Uh, so, you know, one of the, the projects I felt like I was on when coming back out of here was uh, building community and opening a, a tap room and a brewery sort of facilitated having a public space for those gatherings and, and long-winded conversations uh, and, and just that community building project. So kind of twofold there, the market incentive and, and being able to generate more revenue um, for the amount of time we were spending on, on whatever we were producing and then also the ability to welcome people in a kind of structured way that facilitates uh, community building in this kind of small region of Kentucky. So, Well, and I think at first you were brewing beer, but you really didn't have the tap room built out. And when you're able to do that, how did things change for, for y'all and, and what's it like actually having it on the farm and people can see it all, um, you know, when they come out there? It's really exciting. Uh, the It's been a very hands-on process going from that home brewing to having the brewery and the tap room built. Uh, my dad and I, with the help of some good friends locally, done a lot of construction. Um, so yeah, I mean, back in the home brewing days, it was, I mean, it was still community building. We were just, we had a smaller community at that point. We were mostly <laughs> uh, hanging out with people that we had already known and we're sharing beer and I was kind of with this idea of, of a brewery in mind developing recipes and we did have some tastings and um, so it was yeah it was kind of a similar vibe but not, you know now that that network has just expanded and anyone who's interested in, in kind of coming out and getting to know us they can can do so uh, so it's sort of just the uh, yeah the nature of the scale of the thing which I mean admittedly you know can be a little strange having this have been my 
childhood homestead and then opening up to the public, but by and large, it's been uh, an overwhelmingly positive experience. And it seems like the community is enjoying the space and, and we're enjoying kind of branching out. And I feel like we are developing a pretty strong uh, community center there at the tap room. So, uh, well, yeah, and it's you... been overwhelmingly positive and a little strange. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the coolest part too, is that I think when I first, you know, heard about Turtleback Ridge was through the farmer's market down here in, in Lexington where, I, where I'm based. And I think at the time you may, may have had two or three options that you could bring, bring down and, and, and do. And now you've got kind of an actual full tap list. Uh, you know, how have you guys been able to build up to that point of not just having one or two beers, but having eight, nine, 10 uh, beers that you guys can serve that are yours? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, some of the logistics and why we would have only had a few at the market was just uh, all that hauling kegs around and, and working out of a jockey box was somewhat limiting. And um, I love to work, but hauling kegs, too many kegs around was kind of <laughs> crazy. But um, also, after last season was our first actual year of having the tap room open, and it wasn't really a full year, so I didn't have a great sense of exactly uh, how much product I would need throughout any given part of the year and so I would end up having fewer beers because I was kind of hesitant to make too much beer that I would sit on but then after having last season I could kind of start to see the writing on the wall where I could use a lot more product so over the winter where we actually closed for uh, January and February just because of the nature of the space is largely outdoors. That's also when our maple season's happening. So it's a time that we kind of take a break from being open to the public, but that period of time allowed me to really produce a, as much of the, uh, the flagship beers like our Kolsch and oatmeal stout and things like that. So that I would have that available throughout the season, but also during that time I was able to start a little bit more playful experimentation uh, with pulling things from the woods. So using wild rose root out of the woods and spice bush. Uh, I mean, we always have used maple sap and maple syrup in a, a few different beers that we make during that season. This past year I actually incorporated toasted maple bark. Um, so yeah, some of it was just learning uh, the model and getting used to the equipment and learning how to turn things over and, and, uh, and figuring out how often I needed to be brewing. Um, <laughs> and, and then once you add that diversity, you know, it's allowed me to kind of keep up with it. As long as I have a couple flagships that are always going to be there, then I will typically have a little bandwidth in my fermentation space to, to be a little bit more experimental and playful, uh, with some of the, the off flagship, uh, beers that we have. So. Well, and, and with those off flagships and, and so forth, and you touched on it, you're able to actually go and source and use the land. I mean, how cool is it to be able to do that and also not just do it kind of like what people would think of like, oh, it was strawberries or oh, it's maple syrup. But like you, you mentioned, it's ginger you know, roots and, and different varieties of, of plants and, and so forth. And, and what's that like? Uh, it's really gratifying. Uh, that aspect of uh, brewing and being able to integrate forage things from the farm is kind of where I get the most joy uh, in the brewing process. I feel like it helps me stay creative and, and stay out of uh, ruts. And yeah, it's just a lot of fun to to learn about 
um, all the things in the woods that, I mean, even I growing up out here was not necessarily familiar with the plethora of things that, that are edible and the fact that you can dig up a wild rose root. And I mean, even if you're not making beer, you could make a little tea and it actually has the fragrance of rose uh, in it or, or the spice bush or, you know, all the wild mushrooms, which we haven't done that with beer yet, but you never know. <laughs> um, so uh, kind of just, it, it keeps my creative juices flowing. I have a lot of fun with it. I think it really makes the experience of coming to our tap room kind of, it all sort of clicks together. I think if you see a beer with wild rose root on tap in the middle of the city, like maybe it's a great beer, but I think being able to be like, yeah, that's the part of the woods where I went and got it really makes it click. Like this is like very much a beer from the land and that, you know, that's sort of my ideal um, beer is one, you know, or just, that's the kind of the underlying philosophy for a lot of those experimental things is, is trying to sort of with the local food movement, but turning it to local beer and even getting down to the more experimental and exciting things like using roots and, and barks and berries that we're unfamiliar with and things like that. I just, I yeah have a lot of fun with it in short. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, you can see that you, you enjoy it. And I think that probably comes through in the beer and, and it's not just, you know, your land that you guys work with. You work with farmers from, from the county and the region. And, and how important is it to kind of be able to showcase what they can grow that you guys might not have on the farm? Uh, very important. Yeah, I mean, we've uh, had up until recently uh, a beer, a farmhouse saison with local blackberries from a farm, uh, Cedar Hill uh, Farms over in Nicholas County, which is just a few miles down the road from us. Um, so that kind of question sort of ties back into the community building aspect of what I want to do. I do think that small businesses and places like these can only benefit from building up their network and relying on each other. And, and also, you know, not only are you going to benefit from that, the community aspect of that, but you're also going to create products that are very much, uh, a, a product of a specific time and a place and not just something that could be commodified and replicated all over the world or, you know, what have you. It's something that is kind of special and unique to this place and will be ephemeral by nature and, and be different the next season, even if you use some of the same farms and different things. So, I mean, it's been really great getting to know there again, some people that have been our neighbors for years, but maybe we didn't bump into at the right time and now I've uh, been able to work at Cedar Hill. I mean, Sunflower Stories is one. I use her heirloom hickory king corn in uh, our farmhand stable, which is a table farmhouse beer. Uh, yeah, there are other farms I'm definitely neglecting to mention, but uh, it's really uh, important to me to, to utilize those resources around us. And it creates a symbiotic thing where if they have you know, hundreds of pounds of blackberries that they can't sell, or, or maybe they could, but it's a lot easier for them to say, oh, well, Turtleback Ridge Brewery can use, you know, 150 pounds of blackberries, no problem. Whereas, you know, a given household, it might make themselves sick if they ate that many <laughs> pounds of blackberries. <laughs> or, or, or they're having blackberry yeah, jam, it's, blackberry it's, salsa, uh, blackberry everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And another way uh, that we incorporate those uh, 
which I, I would love to mention on this podcast, just so people that might not be super into beer could still feel welcome to come out. As we always have a, a seasonal non-alcoholic soda that we make, and the blackberries made me think of it because right now we have a blackberry vanilla soda on. Uh, so for those folks, you know, maybe you hang out with people that drink beer or you just want to come out and check out a, a unique farmstead setting, but you're not necessarily wanting to have a beer. Um, there's always going to be something for you to try out and not just be stuck drinking water or what have you. Right, that, that's awesome. And you know, you've, you've expanded that kind of building a community beyond just, you know, your actual community there, but you guys collab a lot with, you know, breweries around the state and, and how cool is it to work with with those folks and and be able to create beers with them and and showcase all the different things that each can bring to the table? It's been very cool. I've kind of had a, a a moment of pause when I got to collaborate with Against the Grain and I met Jerry, uh, one of the brewers down there. And uh, you know, I went to school in Louisville at U of L, so I went down to that tap room at the ballpark with the glass walls where you can see the big brew house many, maybe more times than I would like to admit during college. <laughs> and um, so, you know. <laughs> Finally, or getting to climb up into that brew house and be there was really kind of surreal and uh, gratifying and, and super cool. But also, I mean, getting to know people from Ethereal and Lexington, we're actually uh, kind of, which is a tie-in to the Void Sake Company. I think we might have a collab coming out with them sometime soon. Uh, and then working with our good friends at Sawstone Brewing uh, down in Moorhead is always a joy. I mean, they're actually old friends of mine. I just those kind of things, they always kind of, they feel like coming home because you're always hanging out with like people that are interested in the same things. I mean, it stirs up creativity. Uh, you make new friends, you, you know, make cherished memories. Like I met people from in Louisville that probably were there when I was there, but never ran into them from Shipping Port Brewery or Brewing Company. I think they go by um, and released a really cool forge beer and they came out and we picked dandelions and dug up dandelion root and, spruce tips and made a really fun interesting beer so yeah I, there again just the the community building aspect of that and and getting to know new people and, and push the boundaries of what people understand to be beer is just super cool and super fun i'm lucky to be doing what i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> well and, and and those are cool people too you know like you mentioned jerry and, and others that have been doing this for a while that you can pick up knowledge from but but too how how much fun is it to experiment and see what others can kind of you know when you can come up with a, a recipe like you mentioned going out and picking dandelions it's not just a song it's it can be put into a a, a beer and uh you know and something cool can happen yeah it's it's very fun i mean that beer i don't know how many iterations and conversations and different people had input to make that happen and i think you know brewing by yourself which i do a lot of but you can kind of end up in that isolation tank of your own thoughts and, and talking and hanging out with other people can sort of jostle that up and, and put you into new places that are really interesting and unique and very tasty most often. <laughs> well, and that's the, that's the key at the end of the day. And, um, you know, I mentioned that, you know, the first time I, I got to experience Turtleback Ridge was at the farmer's market and, What's it like getting to come down to, say, Lexington or someplace else and be able to share your beer with folks that may not even know that there's a place up in Robertson County? 
Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, big shout out to the Lexington Farmers Market because they uh, totally saved our butt at the beginning of the pandemic and being able to join in there and get to meet people like you, among many others, and put our name in a, in a place that probably, I mean, wouldn't maybe not even have known that Robertson County was a county because we're so small and there's not a lot here. So it was, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of gratitude to the farmer's market. They really helped us survive that uh, first year of the pandemic. And I think we built a network of people down there that, that were interested in what we were doing and maybe would have not have heard of it very really if not. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I had mentioned earlier that it was kind of a lot of work in the logistics. Um, and, but I hope to, to get to the point where I might have the staff that we could get back to doing more of those things with the tap room opening and, you know, the labor force is largely me. I have a good friend who's the head bartender and then my dad and my mom help out. So we don't, we don't have a large staff that we can send out to a lot of different events all the time, but I hope to build up to the point where we could have more presence in those places in the future. Uh, right now we're focused on, you know, building up this space that we have because we think that experience of here is really what kind of sets us apart in the market of craft beer uh, in Kentucky. Yeah. I was going to say, there's not too many uh, uh, homesteads and farms that you can go to and, and experience a beer that's made, you know, from, from stuff there and, and is that's its home. And when people get to go out to the farm, what can they expect and what, what can they expect at the brewery? Uh, first thing to expect is a half mile gravel road. <laughs> uh, so we are, <laughs> so don't get freaked out when you turn onto that road and we actually, our neighbor uh, is an old junk man. So you can turn onto a gravel road, there's going to be a lot of uh, metal and things. And that's actually a sign that you're going the right way. Uh, <laughs> so you keep trucking past all that, uh, back that half mile gravel road. And um, eventually you'll kind of pass through into some woodlands and then you'll get keep going and you'll it'll open up into this area. There'll be some obvious eating and then the tap room, uh, the brew house building will be there on your left. Uh, so yeah, we have a small intimate little indoor space. Uh, our venue is largely set in being outside. Like it's all about hanging out in the fields or even going for a walk in the woods. We're working on having hiking and mountain biking trails out here. And uh, so taking a walk and, and kind of getting engaged in the, in the farm space uh, is really what we're about as far as how the space is laid out. So there's lots of outdoor seating. We do have a large back deck that's covered. So if it's rainy or sunny, you can get out of the weather. Um, there are some bar stools inside too. Uh, but we're having live music the first Saturday of every month uh, coming up to until October. Once the weather starts to break, that gets trickier for us. But you can expect uh, eight taps, sometimes as many as nine or ten of our own beers going to be varying in style and taste from, you know, our, our kind of our flagship Kolsch, which is just the easygoing thing. And we always have the oatmeal stout. Typically, you're going to have an IPA, and then from there, you're going to start to get into those more experimental um, farmhouse, wild forage things. Um, you're going to meet, uh, more than likely, you'll meet Jen, our head bartender. Uh, she's very knowledgeable. She's very friendly. She'll be happy to help talk you through any of the beers that you have questions about or do flights and samples. Um, and you can expect to, I think, one of the things about our space that is maybe is unique is a really open 
clientele. Like, it feels like when you hang out out there, like, you're kind of hanging out with everybody. I mean, you can certainly get off and, and get a little space yourself, but if you're inclined to, you can strike up a conversation with just about anybody who's there and, and find something interesting to talk about and meet somebody new uh, that you maybe never would have known otherwise. So that kind of conviviality and that sense of, like, it's like cheers, except everybody's welcome. There's not, like, a group of people, you know, it's like every, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, and like I said, we're trying to do live music as much as we can. Uh, periodically, we'll have stargazing events. We have pretty dark skies out here. Uh, we have a local friend that'll set up a telescope, and you can see uh, some pretty high-definition views of the planets and, and various stars and galaxies and nebula. Um, what else do we do out here? Um, yeah, I mean, I mentioned the hiking and mountain biking trails and yeah i mean you'll expect you'll be in a farmstead so there'll be gardens there'll be orchards there'll be a lot of trees around you um be kind of a, an off the beaten trail what i like to think of as a gym other people have said that so i don't feel like i'm being too, <laughs> <laughs> too arrogant to say it, but yeah uh, <laughs> as, as long as you can make sure you trust yourself going out the, the gravel road you'll, you'll be great and you'll get to see that community that you guys have yeah. been able to build. And, yeah. and, you know, the other part is being in Robertson County and kind of being able to bring people there. I mean, how, how rewarding is that to kind of, in some instances, give folks a taste of Robertson County that they may never have known uh, was there. Oh, it's, it's very rewarding. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's great to be able to be a part of this small community and feel like we are contributing something that is like good to the space. And um, yeah, I mean, it's been home for me since I was four years old. So, and I'd find it to be a very, you know, uh, diverse and beautiful county as small as it is. Uh, so yeah, being able to welcome people in and, and share that with them feels uh, really special and is a big part of why I wanted to have that, you know, open to the tap room or open to the public tap room that we do have. Uh, there's also, you know, in Robertson County, as far as places to check out and reasons to be here, we have a really nice state park in Blue Lake State Park. There are hiking trails there. They have a lodge, they have cabins. Um, it's, uh, it was Blue Lake's Battlefield State Park. So there's a lot of history there. They do have a nice museum. Uh, so that's another thing to check out in the local area. And more and more there are actually, you know, Airbnbs cropping up. So there are more things happening in Robertson County than almost I would have ever expected. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been really rewarding to be out here and be able to, to do something that I love and, and get to share it with people is, is really wonderful. And, and as we wrap up Turtleback Ridge uh, Farm and Brewery, if you're looking them up online, they're on social media as well. And I believe you're open Friday and Saturdays right now. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. Friday will be open uh, from 5 to 10 p.m. And then Saturdays were open from noon until 10 p.m. So, so you know, you mentioned you've, you, you've got maybe some collaborations coming down the line with some different folks. What, what else can folks expect maybe the rest of the, the year for, from y'all uh, you know, before Mother Nature requires you to kind of go into a little bit of hibernation, so to speak? Anything fun? Uh, yeah, well, like I said, we got the shows going on the first Saturdays. Uh, we will have uh, 
sort of once we get into the holiday season, we do start kind of a, on Small Business Saturday, we'll have a local vendor market. Uh, so we'll bring in craft people and artists and uh, we really enjoy the area and have uh, their stuff set up. And then we'll kind of continue that until we get close to Christmas. So that would be something to, to look out for. Uh, we probably will have a couple of star parties um, coming on. And then uh, I should mention every time that we're having live music, we will have a, a food vendor set up so you can come out and eat and drink and be merry. Uh, you don't have to worry about bringing in uh, your own food. So, yeah, for this year, that that's the largest part of it. I kind of wanted to pitch that we're hoping to, by next season, actually have a, a permanent food truck that has a rotating list of chefs and kind of, be able to have food available every time that we're open. So uh, stay tuned for that. and Hopefully we'll pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you guys have been able to grow pretty, pretty quickly, you know, for being a, a, a true family outfit and uh, you know, kind of uh, a, a couple man band uh, or a couple person band, so to speak. So it's been impressive to see what you guys have been able to do and been, being able to put out some good beer too. Yeah, well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I hope to have you out to the tap room sometime soon. That that is that is my goal. Hopefully, to make a, a visit out there sometime uh, before the end of the year. And and Keegan, this was a, a blast. And and thanks for sharing the story of Turtleback Ridge. Yeah, thanks for your interest, Jonathan. It's been a pleasure talking to you.